Welcome to another episode of the Hoop Talk Podcast by fans for fans. I'm Ryan. There's my guy, Jalen. What's up, everybody? This podcast is where we discuss all things basketball, so expect a lot of hot takes, debates, and a true display of basketball knowledge. Let's get right into it. Our topic today is our continuation of our NBA Draft Analysis Series, and today we're going to talk about the Portland Trailblazers. So the Trailblazers only have two picks in this year's draft. They have the 16th and 46th overall picks. So Jalen, the way this, this, the way this team started out in the season and the way they were able to sneak into the playoffs – it's kind of a shocker considering that many people thought, including myself, many people thought this team would have been at worst the fourth seed, at best maybe the second seed in the West. Jalen, are there really – do you see any positional holes with the with the uh, Portland Trailblazers? I think it's their guard depth. I hate to say it. Um, shout out Tommy Parker. We had him on the podcast discussing this team um, a couple of weeks ago, but – the main thing that I remember taking away from what he was discussing is that, like, Damon, CJ, they, they're here to stay. And Gary Trent is a guy who came on strong during the bubble. But outside of that, remember in that same draft class, it was, it was Gary Trent and Anthony Simons. And the question was, are, they, are these signs that they're moving on from Damon, CJ, that they basically drafted a whole new backcourt in the same draft class when it seemed like they needed more help at forward? And, you know, it was kind of stuff like that. And I really think that, I'm starting to really have concerns about Anthony Simons. Like, I think that he had a, a serious regression this year that, you know, I think kind of hurt this team from a depth perspective perspective because they really don't have that many guards on this, on this squad, regardless of how we want to look at it. I mean, this is a team that I think needs help at the guard position. I think I'm going to be honest. This is, this is very RJ Hampton territory. This is very combo guard. Throw him in there as a guy who can be a lead guard coming off the bench alongside the three-point uh, shooting and defensive prowess. Kind of a three-and-D aspect at the two-guard position that Tr- Gary Trent Jr. brings. Um, I think this is a spot where R.J. Hampton slides in. I hate that I have this feeling that Anthony S- Simons is already kind of falling out of the mix in terms of this Portland Trailblazers roster um, and their makeup. But I just genuinely believe that they need some kind of spark at the point guard slash combo guard position off the bench. And Anthony Simons is just not giving them, giving it to him. I think in terms of forward and center, Yusuf Nurkic, Zach Collins, Wayne Gabriel came on strong. Mario Hazonia is an athletic four uh Caleb Swanigan is a guy that we didn't get to see a ton of but he's a guy who I think could come on really good and Moses Brown out of UCLA at center I mean he he's basically Mo Bamba at UCLA in terms of just being um a defensive stalwart so I think um I think they just need to address guard man they don't have the kind of depth that you think they would at that position and I think RJ Hampton might be the move it's funny when you said Moses, uh, that guy Moses Brown from UCLA is kind of like Mo Bamba, except he doesn't have a song named after him. <laughs> um, Portland's a very interesting team because I feel like at first glance, this team has a lot of depth. Um, obviously, when you're looking at the name value of all the talent on the team, like like Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, Carmelo Anthony, 
Yusuf Nurkic. They're four great players. Um, but the interesting thing is that Portland didn't have a lot of guys play or, or uh, should I say Portland didn't have a lot of guys that were healthy uh, during the bubble, Rodney Hood and Zach Collins being two of them. Um, Trevor Ariza also opted out during the season. I mean, he was, he's been a solid defender throughout his career. Um, do I think Portland could have used him in the bubble? Yes, but I think they, they may have just had the same result when they were facing the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, I think at center, it's interesting because, I mean, we kind of we talked about it a little bit. Um, Hassan Whiteside is a free agent, and I'm not really sure if they're going to re-sign him. I don't know if, Hassan, I don't know if uh, Whiteside is going to be able or going to re-sign with the Blazers. So in that case, I think they're going to go with Jalen Smith out of Maryland. Um, I mean, Portland was a great three-point shooting team, and I think this, this could be the extra boost that they have or that they could use, especially how because of the fact that they are a great three-point shooting team. Um, Smith is a solid big. Um, he can not only be a rim protector, but also make threes at a consistent level. I mentioned with the Boston episode, um, I mentioned with the Boston episode that he improved from his freshman year to sophomore year. And I think he's going to make it even more difficult for defenses when they're playing Portland because they have so many scoring options on the floor. I mean, looking at, looking at, you know, a starting lineup of Jalen Smith, uh, Carmelo Anthony, Damian Lillard, and CJ McCollum, that would be a very, a very interesting starting lineup to say the least, but I would say maybe a, an, an underrated lineup as well, considering that those are four great players, not, not, uh, not counting out Yusuf Nurkic as well. Um, Nurkic is a solid center as well, but I think he's got that. I think he has that position locked up. Um, I think Smith can provide some backup at center for the Blazers. I think considering, like I said, uh, Whiteside may not resign with the Blazers. So um, you went Jalen Smith in this scenario that, you know, with Hassan Whiteside potentially not being um, retained. Um, I think I'm going to have to bring a new name onto the podcast because the more I look at him, I think this might be an excellent fit. Um, This is factoring in the potential that Carmelo Anthony may also be another guy that is not retained. Hassan Whiteside potentially on the move, still concerns about the injury, uh, about the injuries to not only Zach Collins, but also Rodney Hood. What about a guy out of Memphis, Precious Achua, dude? Six, eight, seven foot wingspan. This team, as you kept mentioning beforehand, already has the three-point shooting ability. They do have a lot of help within the 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 one through three spot. Even if Rodney Hood is available, that more so contributes to the two and three more than it does power forward and center. This is a guy, Preston Jewel, where without James Wiseman on the court last year, I think we actually got to see a lot more from him than what we would have seen had James Wiseman been available. 15 points per game, nearly nearly 16 points per game, nearly 11 rebounds per game, two blocks, a steal, 49% from the floor, he is a guy who produced relatively well, and he has a lot of defensive upside. I think that the fact that he averages averaged nearly two blocks per game and a steal per game at 6'8 is very promising. And I think the main thing to take into account is I think with Trevor Ariza getting up in age and potentially losing a guy like Carmelo Anthony, I think he's a guy who defensively who could actually step in 
and be more of a defensive threat than even a guy like Nasir Little, who they have coming off their bench. I think that this guy, Preston Achua, actually has a little bit more of the physical build to be a 3-4 defender in the NBA. And he all the all the the ratings, all the 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 sizings, all the measurables are there to be a plus NBA defender. And really that's the big thing that I felt like hurt them. You said um, something interesting earlier on at the top of this when you were talking about their injury history. I honestly think having guys like Rodney Hood, having a guy like Zach Collins, um, or even Trevor Ariza who simply opted out, I think as in terms of that, having other guys to be able to throw at LeBron James defensively is what would have really helped them prevail in that series. I mean, it was pretty much Gary Trent Jr. thrown to the wolves. And we both know that that is not fair for a Gary Trent Jr. to have to spend 40 plus minutes covering LeBron James with very little help off of that because you can't really double team LeBron James, therefore leaving Gary Trent kind of to the wolves, as I said before. So I think a guy impresses that you could be really dangerous at this spot for that team if they can snag him at 16. It's kind of interesting, but it's also ironic that I, I mentioned not only Jalen Smith, but Precious Achua in the Boston episode. Um, and I think that, you know, for all the points that you mentioned, Achua is a great player. And I think the one thing that you didn't mention, though, is that he has the potential to turn into a great perimeter shooter. But honestly, he's really known for his defense and his athleticism. So going to the 46th overall pick, um, Portland is so Portland has only the 46th overall pick uh, in the second round. So, do you see any other positional holes that they have? Is do you see that? Do you see like a certain position that they could just use more depth at, like point guard, like a point, like a power forward or small forward? Well, I mean, if it's up to me, I think that R.J. Hampton is the guy that they take at 16. I think Preston Achua is a guy that you reach on if maybe. Um, RJ isn't there. So if I'm taking RJ in round one, then I think you have to address that power forward, uh, small forward position in some way, because like I said beforehand, Trevor Ariza is up in age and the ability to retain Carmelo Anthony is in question because it, it, it is debatable right now because he has been in a lot of discussions in terms of linking up with Chris Paul in New York and things like that, which has been really interesting. So it, it's going to come down to really what his decision is. But I think as small forward, I don't think you can move forward having Rodney Hood play the three and relying on a guy like Nasir Little to come off the bench and play big minutes for you. Um, I think a guy really similar to Precious Achua in terms of his build that they can get in the second round, podcast favorite in Reggie Perry out of Mississippi State, 6'9", with a 7-foot wingspan, 250 pounds. Averaged 17 points and 10 rebounds, double-double machine, nearly a block and a half per game and nearly a steal per game. Very, very similar to Preston Achua in terms of their statistics on the season last year. And he actually did it with a higher usage percentage um, than Precious. Precious was around 27%, and Reggie Perry's was actually closer to 29%. And I mean, another thing that's really interesting with him is I think he might even have a better upside as a potential stretch for um, shooting the three ball because he shot 32.4% from three, but he shot nearly 80% from the free throw line. 
and on per 36 minutes, 20 minutes, 20 points per game and nearly 12 rebounds. I mean, he's a guy who he, he also almost averaged three assists per game playing down low for a Mississippi state team that didn't really need necessarily any facilitation from the front court. So I think he's a guy who has a very overall game that although I don't believe he is the defensive punch that Precious Achua is, I think he's everything offensively that Precious Achua is not. And therefore, I think if you go with RJ in, in round one, I don't think you necessarily, you know, are disappointed if you settle for a guy like Reggie Perry, who's similar build to Precious Achua, but gives you more offense more of an offensive approach than a, than the defensive approach that Precious would probably bring. So I'm going to take a different approach with the second or with their 46 overall pick. I'm going to say they go with a shooting guard and I believe they're going to take Jay Scrub out of Juco. Um, I think he has, I think he, he, he's a phenomenal guard, especially coming out of Juco. Um, I think he is maybe one of the best all-around players in this draft, maybe an underrated all-around player in the draft. Um, good ball handling skills, solid court vision. Um, he has a nice jumper as well. Um, I love his ability to attack the basket. It kind of reminds me of J.R. Smith from the Nuggets, and, and specifically that moment when J.R. Smith dunked on uh, George Hill uh, when they were facing the Spurs. That is kind of who uh, Jay Scrub reminds me of, just off of first off of a first glance but honestly I think Jay Scrub also has the tools to be a great defender Um, and I think with development he can become a great defender and he has the athleticism of an NBA player Um, one of the one of the most athletic players in the draft Um, so I think Jay Scrub honestly could be the biggest draft steal in this year's draft I mean, if there was any team to kind of go out on a limb, I mean, they, they took Anthony Simons out of IMG Academy once upon a time. So going for a Juco prospect, um, it wouldn't necessarily surprise me. He has the kind of grit that I feel, that I feel like a Portland team would like, especially Davian Lillard. Um, he's a guy who I think would be a combo guard, kind of similar to Rodney Hood a little bit in terms of being able to play that 2-3 position. Um, he's going to have to fill out a little bit if he wants to be able to guard threes. I really think that's going to be his biggest um, need. I think that'll be his biggest ticket to getting a lot of playing time in the league. Um, personally, I've said this beforehand, I really want to see Jay Scrub in a position where they can put the ball in his hands. I think perfect teams for him would be an Oklahoma City Thunder team, for example, um, that is going to be running a lot of guys um, in a lot of different interesting ways with the fact that they could be in a a full-on rebuild mode after um, a lot of the things that we've heard. And it's interesting. I think Jay Scrub is actually a guy they might be able to snag at 53. So that's a a potential spot that I would like him in just because I think that he'll have the ball in his hands. But I think as being a second-unit ball handler, I think that could actually be a really good setup for them in Portland where it can be a win-win because he can learn to be an overall uh, good team defender at the three spot until he fills out his body to be able to guard one-on-one. 
And I think that he's already the kind of type. I don't know if he has the kind of athleticism that Jr. had back when he was in Denver, but he was he's definitely a leaper. And he's a guy who I think provides a lot of athleticism off the bench. And there's a lot of his game that I feel like we still haven't seen yet, which I feel like could get unlocked as a part of a second unit. So what do you believe the philosophy of the Portland Trailblazers will be going into draft night? I genuinely don't think there is one. I think this is one of the few teams that we're going to look at where I think BPA best player available is the move for them. I genuinely believe that this is one of those things for them that it's just like, I don't know. Like I just view it as a circumstance where they don't really need guys per se. They more so just kind of need, they just more so need minutes played. You know what I mean? They don't necessarily need need to add talent. They just need guys that can fill the gaps where Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, Rodney Hood, Yusuf Nurkic, where they get those breathers, especially during the regular season. These are the kind of draft picks for Portland, right, that are more about the regular season than the postseason. Because moving forward, at least for the next starting with last year, I feel like, and going on this year and maybe even the year after, a lot of these draft picks have more to do with adding depth during the regular season. Because during the playoffs, they already have an extensive lineup that can go about seven to eight deep. And none of these draft picks are going to turn into anything that fills within that unless they completely pop out of their mind, similar to kind of how Gary Trent did during the bubble time. So. I think they're literally just grabbing guys based on best player available and seeing what sticks. So I'll throw this question to our fans as well. Transitioning to our question of the day for our fans. What do you believe the philosophy of the Portland Trailblazers will be going into draft night? This has been a great episode today on the Hoop Talk podcast. Of course, make sure we subscribe to us on Apple. You rate our podcast five stars and subscribe to us wherever you get our podcast. We'll see you guys next episode. Peace.